Hello everyone, my name is Brendan Ward, that noise you're hearing is my ventilator. And thank you for tuning in to Face Journey's They Were Not, my Star Wars podcast. Today we're going to discuss another film that adds, in my opinion, to the, or connects in some way, to Star Wars. We are also going to discuss our particular genre of film connects to Star Wars. Now you've heard me talk about the great Akira Kurosawa. The Japanese director who is arguably the greatest, the greatest director of all time. Last week we discussed his 1958 classic, The Hidden Fortress. But today we're going to talk about his 1961 classic samurai movie, Yojimbo. Now, as I said, this series is about the connections that may or may not have been intentional in the making of Star Wars. Meaning that we're discussing the connections that I see. which may or may not have inspired George Lucas in his creation and writing of Star Wars. Now, Yojimbo is yet another film, a samurai film. Now, last week I mentioned that the Hidden Fortress takes place in what is called the Sengoku period, which is a period of nothing but civil war in Japan. Yojimbo takes place in the 1860s or 1870s. We know this because one of the characters sports a Colt revolver, meaning that this most likely takes place after 1868. Now I do not believe that the movie says anything about uh, when or where. Though, according to Wikipedia, it takes place in 1860. Actually, yeah, I was mistaken when I said 1868. That is, 1868 is, um, is the date of I believe when when the Meiji Emperor came to the throne of Japan, eighteen sixty would make sense because in the eighteen fifties is when the Americans under Commodore Perry opened Japan to the rest of the world. Japan had been in a state of isolation for almost two hundred fifty years. 
1860 makes sense, and considering that one of the characters sports a Colt pistol, that makes sense too. Or I guess a revolver would be the correct term. Alright. Yojimbo tells the story of a Ronin who has no name. Now, what's a Ronin? A Ronin is a samurai without a lord. In feudal Japan, there were lots and lots of clans. You know, the Oda clan, the Tokugawa clan, so on and so forth. And those who served under them, the samurai that served under them, you know, were samurais with lords. So they were, you know, just what we think of as samurai. A ronin is a samurai who kind of works as on his own. He has no lord. In this case, our character, who later claims his name is Sandro, so they ask him his name. And he claims that his name is Kobatake Sandro. Which actually literally means a 30 year old mulberry field. And when he says that, he's looking out the window at a mulberry field. So here we are with the man with no name. What he does is he goes into a town and offers his services as a hired muscle to both sides of a feud in the town. There are these warring gangs in the cities. And Sandro, if that is indeed his name, offers his services to both groups and plays them off each other. Now, later, this film would be adapted into Sergio Leone's classic western, A Fistful of Dollars. But we will discuss that momentarily. Yojimbo is one of the classic samurai films. And of course, one of Kurosawa's most famous works. Starring, of course, the incomparable Toshiro Mifune as Sendro. It also stars Tetsuya Nakadai, or you know, in Japanese, Nakadai Tetsuya, who, who is the guy who wields the Colt uh, revolver. Later, uh, Nakadai-san would be in um, Kagamusha, the Shadow Warrior, in 1979. 
uh, Kurt Zella's first samurai film in many years. Uh, which won the Golden Palm at the Cannes Film Festival. So this is a much younger uh, Nakanai son. But it's interesting to note that we see him here and he later appears in another Kurosawa film. Now Nakanai son would later Sorry, I'm very unprofessional of me. I'm looking here. He made his first appearance in Seven Samurai just as a guy kind of wandering around in the background. You know, not a very prestigious role, but then made a made a splash with this role in as in a villainous role in Yojimbo. Now, of course, later, most famously, he played uh, Lord Hidetra in 1985's Ron, Kurosawa's masterful samurai film, which I think, personally, and I know this may not be a popular opinion, Maybe Kurosawa's greatest film. Yeah, Ron in 1985 is astonishing. It is a loose adaptation of Shakespeare's King Lear, combining that story with stories from Japanese folklore. And of course, uh, Yojimbo, going back to Yojimbo. Also stars Shimura Takashi, who was in more films with Kurosawa than even Mifune was. Mifune, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. So yes, this of course Kurosawa had a a lot of actors who he collaborated with multiple times, and Yojimbo is no exception. Also of note is the music by Sato Masaru. Masaru. I'm trying to say it as Japanese as I can, though the, uh, I'm sure my pronunciation is horrendous. I cannot recommend Yojimbo enough. A young George Lucas saw this as a film student, uh, when his friend John Milius, the great director of Conan the Barbarian and The Wind of the Lion. Um, introduced him to the films of Kurosawa. Uh, foreign film was becoming very popular in the United States around the time that George Lucas was a film, a young film student. And he mentioned that Kyojimbo is one of his favorite Kurosawa things. Now in a moment we're going to discuss the connections that we might, I might see. Or that I see between Star Wars and 
Judge Jimbo, but I must say, if you've not seen this film, please go see it. It is excellent in so many ways. Now, the idea of the man with no name would later, of course, make its way into a fistful of dollars. And the most famous man with no name is uh, Clint Eastwood's character in the Dollars Trilogy. But we'll discuss more of that momentarily. As I said, the music to Yojimbo is a very jaunty, jaunty and jangling, I think somebody described it as. And it just creates a great mood. It's really an excellent film in so many ways. And I cannot recommend it enough. Kurosawa is a master. And this film is definitely proof of his mastery of the art of cinema. Okay, we'll discuss more in a moment. See ya. Okay, we're back. Now, what is the connection with Star Wars? The character of Sanjuro is very much a Han Solo type. A, he's very roguish. He's kind of mysterious. He's a bit, uh, a bit cynical and world-weary, he strikes me as. But he has, like many of the Ronin in the more in the mythological view of the samurai, the Ronin were very much you know wandering heroes who went out and dispensed their own sense of justice. You know they would usually fight for good. They'd probably be a little bit cynical and world weary. Maybe rough around the edges, but ultimately good in their hearts. And would go around fighting for justice in small towns and, you know, being revered and respected in some degree by the populace. Now, if this at all sounds to you like a Western, you would be right. Now, it's a, it's a chicken-and-the-egg situation. Kurosawa, when asked what was his influence as a filmmaker, he would say, I watch John Ford films. John Ford, the great American filmmaker, who made a lot of westerns. One western we've already discussed, and that, of course, is Stagecoach. John Ford, another of one the greatest directors in history. You know, Jimbo plays very much as a Western, and I think on purpose, because Kurosawa was borrowing from the American Westerns. You know, Jimbo was then later adapted into A Thistle of Dollars and the Dollars Trilogy. 
the third entry of the Bellas trilogy being, of course, the most famous. And that is the good, the bad, and the ugly. This trilogy of spaghetti westerns, they're called that because they're made by Italians, would influence all subsequent Western American films. Westerns, I mean, not, not, not Western cinema. American Westerns as a genre. So one could argue that, by that logic, Yojimbo and its sequel, Sanjuro, are highly influential on all modern Westerns. Star Wars has been described, in some degree, as a Western. Now, really quick, the mythological view of the samurai that is had in the popular imaginations of the Japanese, but more to be found in the popular imaginations of Americans, is that they were these glorious, heroic warriors. who had a code of honor and fought for truth and justice, dispensing it in their own way as they saw fit to bring law and order to a disruly nation. Now, this sounds an awful lot like the American mythological view of the cowboy. It is my contention that the cowboy in American mythology is similar to the samurai in the Japanese mythology. More particularly the Ronin being like you know, wandering warriors for justice. In our popular imagination in America, the cowboy is a wandering warrior for justice. Ultimately, good guys who fight by their own rules and bring law and order to the frontier. That is exactly what the samurai or the Roman is in popular imagination as well. Now, of course, truthfully, neither the samurai nor the cowboy in real life, was anything like we imagined them to be. But the mythology of the Western plays very much into Star Wars, into the character of Han Solo. Han Solo is a prototypical cowboy. He's rough around the edges. He's uh, in, involved in some questionable activity. He shoots first without another thought. He's not afraid to get his hands dirty in a bar fight. He pretends not to care, but he really does. And he wanders around the frontiers of the galaxy doing what he thinks is best and ultimately being talked into fighting for a good cause because of that heart of gold that we know is buried 
inside his crusty exterior. That is Sanjiro in the movie Yojimbo. That is the character. And that is the connection that I see. Sandro is a cowboy, in a Japanese way, and that is what I see in Han Solo, the same kind of character, that cowboy mentality. That, to me, is the largest connection. Further, we can discuss kind of the lawless frontier. We don't really get much of a sense of what's going on in the nearby area in the movie Yojimbo. But the town is rather lawless. Where does Han Solo live? Han Solo inhabits the Outer Rim. He inhabits Tatooine and other more rather unscrupulous places in the galaxy. So there's that as well. Now, much, you could write an entire book about the effect of Kurosawa films on Star Wars, and you can also write an entire book on how the Western influences Star Wars. But to me, the greatest connection is Han Solo. Han Solo and Sanjuro are very similar characters. Now, as I said, I don't know if George Lucas intended for me to be making these connections, but I have to imagine that just the subconscious effect of having seen those movies, particularly Yojimbo and its sequel, Sandro, definitely, I think, influenced George Lucas, even if he was not aware of it. With Han Solo being a cowboy, and with the movie coming out after the Dollars Trilogy, which was of course influenced by Yojimbo, it would make sense to me that the influence is there, whether intentional or not. And that's what this series that I'm doing is really about, is not necessarily whether it was intended, but it's about the connections that I draw. And I think that's part of the fun of Star Wars. So those are my thoughts on the connections between Yojimbo and Star Wars. My name is Brendan Moore. That noise you hear is like that later. And thank you for tuning in. The page turners they were not my Star Wars podcast. May the force be with you.